Welcome to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined, and dedicated to silencing the chatter about what women should and shouldn't be doing as they age. Here to bring you stories about women in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, women who are leading inspiring lives that make a difference to themselves and others, are Catherine Marino and Gail Zalitsky. Hello, I'm Gail. And I'm Catherine. We are the active voice of Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined, and we are delighted to welcome you to today's episode. Each week, we showcase vital women in their 70s, 80s, and 90s who continue to make a difference. The 30-minute conversation with our guest will focus on several themes that we've agreed upon in advance. And today, we're pleased to welcome Linda Schaefer, age 70, who re- resides in the Twin Cities area in Minnesota. Now, Linda's a special guest for me. We've been friends since second grade, where we attended a one-room country schoolhouse through the sixth grade. After graduating high school, Linda earned her diploma in nursing, and for the next 42 years, Linda worked full-time as a nurse, most often in intensive care and emergency room units, and most often on the night shift. She retired in June 2013. Linda says, retirement was heavenly, but I tend to get bored easily, so in 2014, began working for the Minnesota Twins and remain there to this day. She uses the winter months to make homemade greeting cards, which has been a passion for about 20 years now. I will talk with Linda about several things, some highlights from her nursing career, her family connection with baseball and lifelong log of the Minnesota Twins, how she came to work for this baseball team and her retirement, her perspectives on aging and aging solo, and where she currently finds joy and pleasure in her life. Linda, welcome to Women Over 70. Thank you. Let's start with uh, having you tell us some highlights from your long nursing career. What, what, has, what stands out for you? Well, I think the biggest thing that I can relate to that is coming from a small town in my job at, the, at Hennepin County Medical Center, which is the county hospital in Minneapolis, uh, was culture shock. I did not anticipate any of the people I was coming in contact with in the emergency room. It was very surprising. What were some of the surprises? I think how many needy people there are in that city. It was kind of hard to pinpoint any one place that there was a problem because they came from everywhere in the city. And I would see battered women, neglected children, rape victims, gunshot victims. Uh, It was a little overwhelming at times. I can imagine. Where we grew up, there were no gunshot victims, and we didn't know about battered women because that was a secret. Yes. How old were you when that's when you started working at Hennepin County? I believe I was 24 when I took that job. And how long did you did you work there? I was there off and on for 26 years. Oh my goodness! And what kept you what kept you there? The people, the people I worked with, and our patients. They needed me, mm-hmm. and. I needed them. 
Linda, can I ask you a question? Yes. How how did you manage to stay? How, how did you manage to not let all of this uh, change you as a person? To how did you go home and be joyful and and you know and love the things you loved? How how do you protect yourself in that kind of a situation? Well, I think the best way to explain it is that you have to have something outside of work. Mm -hmm. And for me, my baseball was big for me to take me away from that hole. I could go to a baseball game, concentrate on the baseball game, and none of the work stuff came with it. Mm -hmm. Let's let's go back to your childhood and when you first got uh, involved in watching baseball, loving baseball. Well, when I was a kid, um, I suppose it was around second or third grade. Um, my dad and mom always had WCCO on, and there was either. At that time, it was the Milwaukee Braves, and they were, we didn't have a team in Minnesota. Oh. And so we listened to those games, mm. and it was just a common thing at night. We would sit and listen to ball games. So as I recall, that was something that you, uh, you you're one of four daughters, right? Correct. And you, I think this was something maybe that you in particular shared with your parents? Oh, yeah. The, uh, the other three had really very little interest in baseball. <laughs> so what, so was this something that you followed then during, all during high school, college? What? Oh, yeah. Um, my dad, every year, we took a trip down to the cities to have a day at the ballpark. Really? And every year when we came down, we could bring a friend with. And I had trouble finding friends that cared about baseball. Did you ever ask me? I didn't. Because <laughs> you didn't care. She didn't care, did she? <laughs> and so that's, that's how we kept it going throughout my time growing up. And then when I lived here um, and was going to school, in the summertime, I would have a summer job. And I would go to as many games as I could afford to. Mm -hmm. hmm. To support your habit? Uh, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> What do you think it was about baseball that you loved so much? The pace of the game. I liked it because it was slow. Ah. And I found it fascinating to watch actually batting practice because I learned that I could tell the outcome of the game by watching both teams take batting practice. Really? It's just a feeling that you get watching them and how they interact. Hmm. I know it sounds they, silly. 
Oh, it sounds cool. Did they ever invite you as a consultant? Uh, no. They should have. I know. <laughs> I think, did you also go to some spring training in like Florida? And Oh, yeah. I was there a total, let's see, I went to Orlando once. And then their spring training moved to Fort Myers. And I was there twice. But I haven't been there now since 2010. Mm. Kind of itching to go again. I'll bet. <laughs> As I recall, since you caught me, I'm not a big baseball fan. The Minnesota Twins won the World Series at one point. Is that true? They won it twice. Oh, twice. And, okay. And at that time, I was blessed to have my season ticket in the front row at home plate. Wow. <laughs> and I was able to bring my mom mm. to all of the games except for one when it was the final game of in 91 mm. because her grandson, my nephew, was confirmed that Sunday. I drove her home. We went to confirmation. And as I left the communion rail, I kept walking, <laughs> the car, and got to the game in time. So that's a, about a two and a half hour drive. So this is not just like down the street. Uh, correct. All right. So you, we've established your love of baseball and the Minnesota Twins in particular. Tell us about uh, retiring from your long nursing career, 42 years. How did you think about retiring? How did you plan for retirement? Well, not not very well. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to retire after I was 65, but it got to the point where I was not enjoying going to work any longer. Mm. It was becoming too difficult to cope. And I, I just decided to cut my losses, retire earlier than I planned, and call it good. How old were you then when you did retire? I retired at 64. 64, oh, okay. And I hadn't anticipated doing that, so I went out of it kind of unprepared, and I wouldn't do that again. <laughs> So when you say you were unprepared, in what ways were you? did you find yourself unprepared? I was unprepared in that I hadn't socked away enough money. Mm. Um, I'm doing fine, but it was hard at first because the bills don't change, mm. but the income does. Yeah. I, I empathize. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It is not easy. Well, what about your any any uh, challenges in terms of who am I now and what am I going to do now? Oh, not really. I was just so happy to be free of that uh, constraint of doing what I wanted and being where I wanted. Um. I I had missed so many things with my family mm -hmm. because you know you work holidays you work weekends and they don't right right 
Linda, you said you were at the county for 26 years. Where did where'd you spend the rest of your nursing career? Okay, well, I did a clinic for about a year, which was boring, to be honest. <laughs> I did um, an industrial job and learned more about workman's comp than I cared to. And that it just i was bored with that too i'm easily bored <laughs> and so the last 13 years i worked in uh downtown st paul hospital at united and there i did icu and er also and in the last three years i worked as a pick line and IV resource on the night shift. I was the only one, so I was really busy. Is that the one where you were basically literally running all over the hospital? That's correct. I went from stem to stern. Because you needed to go wherever that, wherever the, what the IV, and then what was the other thing? Wherever the pick lines. What are that? What is that? Um, peripheral inserted i don't know oh, okay it, it's a line that's more permanent that they can use for really caustic antibiotics mm. and chemotherapy right okay and in an emergency they can put one of those in when you can't find peripheral veins mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah, I know. I know those. Did mm -hmm. you? Um, so now you're you're doing that the last three years. So you are in your early, you're sixty plus. What about That's the correct. physical challenge? Did you encounter that? Oh, I, I was tired. Mm -hmm. My feet hurt. <laughs> I bought new shoes often. <laughs> <laughs> It, it was just getting to the point where I could not keep up and there was no help. Mm. So what did you do after you retired then? Did you just stay retired? I sure did. <laughs> I let my nursing license lapse because I knew I would never go back to that. Mm -hmm. And did you go to anything after that, or have you? No, I didn't. I didn't until in the fall. I retired in June, and about oh, I'd say September. I I went to a baseball game. Uh -huh. Shocking! <laughs> and I was talking to. I knew a lot of the people who worked there. And I was talking to them and I said, you know, I'm thinking of applying for a job. And they hooked me up with uh, the place to go and I took a job. And what is the job? I'm an usher. Mm -hmm. ah. I, we work all over the ballpark. We Right now, the things that I do are, I do the secondary security screening 
after people walk through the magnet mm -hmm. and check for metal, then if they don't pass, like a lot of people with artificial knees and hips, um, they don't pass. I use a wand to check where the metal is, and then it has to be revealed, or if it's a hip, a knee, obviously that's not revealed, but um, you end up finding interesting things in pockets. <laughs> <laughs> and do you, do you ever, I mean, do you feel perfectly safe doing this job, or, or do you have any concerns about it? Not at all. There's security all over the place. And I've got a pager. I All I have to do is push a button and they come. Okay. Do you get to see the games? Um, it depends on where I end up being. Um, because after the initial rush of people coming in, once the game starts, we go and take a break and of course baseball's on tv in our break room and so i see that for a half hour and then we're reassigned to give other people breaks mm -hmm. and so it depends on where i am as to where i how much of a game i see <laughs> i will often come home at night and watch the replay because they replay it at midnight oh. <laughs> and and do you work every day there is a game in the city I don't. Um, our requirement is 35 games. And I usually end up working about 50, 55 games. Ah, okay. <laughs> Good for you. So you're having fun doing that? I love it. Just being at the ballpark. Um, it's my happy place. Mm -hmm. I love the atmosphere. And the people I work with are incredible. Yeah. That's and the twins treat us so well. As a, as a club, as the owner? Yes. Yes. In what ways? We're treated like we matter. I have, I have several bosses above me. And there, there's one who I have yet to meet him in the hallway with or without my badge on and he will say hi linda oh that's nice now that means something to us mm -hmm. sure um and every summer they do a big barbecue for all the staff and there's a holiday party uh, it's all paid for by the twins <laughs> and we're treated we're treated very well so how many are you, uh, volunteer, or not volunteers, how many staff are there who do the kind of thing that you do? At each game, there's approximately 200. Mm. There's a lot of area to cover. We don't think of that, do we, when we just go to the game? No. <laughs> I'm sure not. Yeah? I'm sure not. Yeah. Interesting. What else do you do to keep yourself busy and engaged? Well, I make greeting cards, which I love doing. That's, that's been my therapy for the last 20 years. What does that mean, you make homemade greeting cards? Um, well, I have stamps, die cuts. Um, I do 
workshops that I go to. I watch videos and I learn new techniques. And there's always new products because they have to. Huh. And I make I like making them when I know who's getting them. Mm-hmm. Like I make them for other people who order them, but I like to know about the person they want them for uh-huh. because that's more personal. So you customize each one? Yep. <laughs> do you send them I don't, to, do, do other people request that you send, the, that you make them for them? There are some who do, yes. Uh-huh. I have one person who every spring she orders 100 cards um, and then she tells me she wants so many sympathies, so many birthday, male, female, child, um, graduation, wedding, baby, whatever she needs for the upcoming year. So do, do you sell them? I do. So you have a home home business? Well, say yes. It's my word of mouth. <laughs> yes, well we'll we'll have to let people know how to get in contact with you so you can you can make more cards that would be great because i enjoy making them uh-huh yeah terrific so linda i wanted to um a number of people who listen to our podcast and and other women that we've met in our kind of network are very interested in aging and aging solo is kind of the, the, the term that's being used. And I'm wondering if um, you have perspectives. How, how do you think about aging? Uh, how do you think about aging uh, solo or alone? What, what comes up for you? Well, I used to think about aging, but since I've gotten there, <laughs> I kind of don't think about it much anymore. <laughs> I know that sounds silly, but I'm so busy doing things that I like to do to worry about anything else. Mm-hmm. I'm healthy, I'm well, and I thank the good Lord for that. But I stay active. Um, I don't go out and run, but because I really don't like the cold. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Who does? And, <laughs> oh. and so my act, activity involves up and down my stairs a lot. And I have two kittens that keep me very busy. They like to play fetch. The <laughs> kittens who like to play fetch. <laughs> and who knew cats played fetch? <laughs> And I, I like to stay in contact with my friends. We meet and go out for lunch. Um, I talk to my sisters, well, one of them practically every day. Oh. Um, I just stay active, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I think you you do you do some traveling. I, you're you're going somewhere at the end of the month. 
Um, my sister and I are going to Vegas. Mm -hmm. We went last year, and I was surprised at her because she's a little bit on the handicapped side. She has rheumatoid arthritis, and so getting around is a little hard for her, but she wanted to go. We are meeting, I think it's a total of 12 of us cousins. Oh that are meeting in Vegas, because this way we'll get to see the people from California, Arizona, Southern Minnesota, and Iowa. And some of them haven't seen each other for 50 years. Oh, wow. Mm. Wow. That sounds like so, fun. <laughs> oh. I am so looking forward to it. I leave a week from today. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Happy travels. Really? Oh, I think it's going to be fun. So, Linda, when, uh, does aging solo mean anything to you? Do you feel like you're aging alone, or how, how do you think about it? You know, a lot of my friends are younger than I am, mm -hmm. and I think that helps keep me young. Aging solo is easy. <laughs> just have to have hobbies. You have to have things to do. I knit. I crochet. I, I make my cards. I go to baseball game. I'm busy. Mm -hmm. And I don't mind going out to dinner alone. Mm -hmm. That doesn't bother me one iota. Okay. Um, the one thing I do not like to do is go to a movie alone. I think we discussed that, Catherine. We did, yes. I went to one. I want to talk about it after I see a movie. <laughs> and it's really hard to do when the cats don't see <laughs> That is literally the only thing I'm not going to do alone. Have you traveled alone? Yes. Oh, for oh, to some the spring training and some other. Yes. Yes. I would meet people down there, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I I travel. I feel safe. I'm I'm careful with traveling though, because you need to use common sense mm -hmm. and just be aware of your surroundings. It's like going out at night here. It's the same. Mm -hmm. You have to be aware of your surroundings. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's great. That's great. So you you um, you never worry about what will happen when you are are alone and maybe ill or or have a bad cold or are alone and not, unable to get out for any reason none of that it, it's not in your in your reference or in your frame anymore at, at, at this time it really isn't i have friends that i can call and would be here in a minute i i i don't have any real fear of that it's my concern is that my family 
is all aware of my wishes should anything happen to me. Mm -hmm. So you've had and that conversation? I've had it with two of the three sisters. Mm -hmm. And I've also had it with a couple of my nieces uh -huh. to make sure that, you know, if Aunt Linda, if this and that happens, mm -hmm. pull the plug. <laughs> have you always lived on your own, Linda? Yes, I have. Okay. I, I think I had a roommate twice in my life. <laughs> and... I don't do well with roommates. <laughs> now, Linda, we were roommates. For the summer. Remember that place? Oh. Yes. And I remember <laughs> running home after somebody jumped out at me mm -hmm. from under a bridge. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That was my one bad experience. But I'm not a victim. And right. if you consider yourself possible victim, you will become a victim. Mm -hmm. You have to have the mindset that you are not a victim. And that is that kind of your um, motto for, for life in general? Yes, it really is. Um, things happen. But you know what? I probably did something to cause it, but I, I'm not going to be blaming someone else or what happens to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am the master of my destiny. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Love it. Any words, any final words, Linda, for uh, other women who are um, over 70 or maybe even the younger generation? Um, I think the biggest takeaway that I would like people to know is that being alone is not a death sentence. Mm -hmm. It is an opportunity. Nice. You must spread your wings and fly. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you, Linda, so much for joining us today and for sharing some of your experiences and, and uh, perspectives on life. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Great talking with you, Linda. It was nice to meet you, Gail. And listeners, we want to hear from you. Please share your thoughts on Facebook at Women Over 70, ask questions, add to the conversation, and tell us what topics you'd like to hear more about. We hope you will become an active participant in our community. Our goal is to create a conversation across the generations. You can access our weekly Wednesday podcasts at womenover70.com. And if you know a vital woman over 70 who would be a great guest, please recommend her to us on our website. Thanks to the School of Continuing and Professional Studies at DePaul University for use of their recording space. See you next Wednesday on Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. Thank you for listening to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. If you like what you've heard today, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. In what ways are you shattering the myth that women over 70 are no longer relevant or visible? How are you celebrating aging? Join with us. Make your voice heard. 
find us at womenover70.com.